It's the Dear Black Folks Podcast with your host, Earl Markham. And Latoya Broadus, a.k.a. The Real Bald Head Truth. What's going on, Toya? Hey, Biggie. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. So look, for all of you all that know us and have been listening to the podcast and know uh, uh, I've added Toya as the uh, co-host, and I know those that know us, no, we like to clown a lot and joke and everything. But today, we got a serious topic we want to talk about. So it's probably not going to be too um, much laughing and joking. This is a serious topic that goes on in the Black community probably more than we know. Acknowledge, yeah. So today's topic, we're going to be talking about child molestation. And we have three ladies, Tamika, Carla, and Tanya, joining us to talk about their experience and how it's affected them. So with that, I'm going to pass it over to you, Toya, and um, you can go further and, and, and get the ladies started. Okay. Um, once again, welcome, ladies. I am so humbled by the fact that you guys um, chose to or allowed me to invite you guys on. Um, this is um, a topic that is very dear to my heart. Um, I am a, a survivor of, of child molestation. I have been molested twice in my lifetime, once by a family member and another time by someone who was a family. Well, I'm not going to say a family friend. It was a, a friend of mine's uncle. So I just know that being in the circle of friends, we talk about it and it's just like something that back in the day, it seemed like it got swept up under the rug. Families didn't talk about it. It was a taboo conversation. So when I reached out and I put this uh, topic out, you guys shared your stories with me and I just thought it was profound, especially with who you guys have become. So um, I want to... I'm going to start with you, Tanya, and um, I want to uh, allow you to tell your story. But um, the first thing that I want to uh, let people know is your background. Um, she's retired from uh, cast and transport in 2017 after 18 years of car hauling. And she's a certified CDL instructor with the state of Michigan since 2015. And she is a food manager. Um, and she has a nonprofit organization called Helping People Experience Hardship in that she started in 2013. So um, she's a motorcyclist. She's a true ground pounder. She has done solo rides. And she has three beautiful male children. And um, so... I wanted one of the things that all these ladies are very professional ladies. And I just wanted to talk about that because it molestation changes you as a person. But I wanted to, first of all, lay that platform down to show that you guys handled this and you have went on, even though it may have caused some kind of strife in your life. So, Tanya, can you um, start out and let us know about your situation? Yeah, well, in reference to, I think it making um, us stronger is that uh, like with me doing the nonprofit, hurt people, they say hurt people, hurt people, 
However, I chose to be the person who was hurt, who would look to help because I know what it feels like not to have anyone here or there for me at the time. So I've kind of done the opposite of what most hurt people do, which is I help. But anyway, um, my first incident was at the age of nine, nine or 10, um, if I can remember correctly. And it was, I call him my father's son is the best way that I can describe him. Um, and he was from a different state, had been living with us. And it went on for about two years. And he left town, only I found out later, was because he had been raping children that were younger than me, and he was caught. So he pretty much had to leave town. Um, they caught him molesting the baby, the toddler, which was like two or three. And, wow. and this was something I found out well into my adulthood, um, why he left and never resurfaced in this particular town. Um, so that went on for a little while. And what people will say, well, why didn't you say anything? Well, people groom you. Usually you get hurt by people that you know and people that you love that you're close to. So it becomes your norm, um, unfortunately, for some of us. And I say he was the first because I had other people, other relatives, as well as friends of the family that took advantage of me when I was young. Um, I got my first and only DUI at the age of 11. And when I was stopped, the cop found the guy with his hand in my pants. Took us to jail. We were bailed out by his mother who asked me obviously not to say anything. So I was put into a protection mode at a very, very early age. And people wonder why I'm so strong now. That's all I knew was how to be strong and to protect everybody. Um, so as a child, you grow up thinking, okay, this is what the men in your family, or this is what men do, they hurt you. So I had another mem family member was actually trying to get me pregnant when I was like 14 or 15 years old. He just mm. determined I was gonna have his baby. His, a family member. A family member. His mother caught him molesting me as well, and it was never told. Don't say anything, because your mom is gonna go to prison if she finds out. So once again, I was put in a mode to protect her and have to overlook what was happening to me. So let me ask you a question. Like when you were like, so you were molested by multiple people as well. So, I mean, did, did, did it become like, did you feel like it was like a normal thing? Like, because it had happened more than once, did you know that it was wrong? I felt it was wrong. And I also felt guilty, you know, because they, they, they take you from being the victim to where they put the responsibility on you. Well, you didn't tell. And even the first incident, because, and I hope I don't get too graphic, but no. I was able to lubricate or moist. That was his way of telling me, you must really be enjoying this because mm. if you would not be able to have that reaction. So they have a way of manipulating and they put it all back on the child that make you responsible or make you feel guilty. But for me, it was, if you tell, I'll do this to your mother, I'll do this to your sister, you know, and it was about killing them. It wasn't about molesting them. You know, I used to hear that like on, um, like on TV that people would threaten the family and stuff like that. But I didn't really know that people do that in real life. Like say that I'm going to hurt your family. Like, wow. 
I mean, yeah. but that they to say whether something happened to them, it happened to me. I never became a molester. I never raped anybody. I don't even date guys that are younger than me, you know, because I don't want to be looked at, you know, as a predator or anything. But um, the unfortunate part is that throughout my entire life, regardless of how it happened, I seem to have only, I don't want to say hate, but held more responsibility to my father's son. Why? I don't know if that's part of what we do mentally to ourselves, you know, being children, but that mm -hmm. altered my life, you know, in so many ways to me being um, the strong person of being very protective over family members and over just people in general. If I say, I love you, I love you, and I have you. So. Mm -hmm. Wow. It, you know, is more and more that I've done research um, about this show and talk to people that I have that I'm going to have as guests, because this is going to be a two part show. Um, today, we're having the ladies and tomorrow we're going to have a couple guys that have been victims. And um, it is every it's it's like it's family members and is I talked to the one of the guys that we talked to today and we were like just getting a little background information and he he said that the the closer they are to you the harder it is to tell and it's the honest to god truth for me because the person for me is hard for me to tell like I am I am still when I think about actually saying his name it wow. takes me back to being a little girl. Like I feel as though I go from being a 44 year old girl to being that little girl that he molested. And it's really, it's really hard for me. So, um, but Tanya, I'm sorry. I was, but you, you, have, you have to heal from that because yeah. whether you know it or not, it's still affecting what you do in your daily life. How you respond? Oh yes. How you look at people? How you judge people? So it's it's so important to heal from it. Yes, right. it it. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hi, I'm sorry. I was having I was having some little technical difficulties. I was fooling with the equipment. How how old were you? When you said when it first started happening. Between nine and ten. And nine and ten. You said it was a family member. My father's son. Yes. Your father's son. Yes. Wow. Okay. The first, that first person. <laughs> first person, right? Okay. So we want to, um, what we want to do, we kind of want to get each of you ladies to 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 give us, you know, the opening of of a brief of, open, of the story, and then we'll dive deeper into each of your stories okay. as we go. So, um, who are we gonna go? Uh, we're next? gonna go with um Tamika next. Um, Tamika. Um, um, this is my friend Tamika Murray. Once again, is my sorority sister, sister. And um, she is an assistant manager at Blue Cross and Blue Shield, and she is a also a mental health therapist. Okay, we we uh, we we it's like almost like I think the sorors uh, forced her into being a mental health because she was doing it for free. So <laughs> she's a mental health th therapist. She's a wife and mother of of two. So um, Tamika, um, share us your story. Um, well, as I told you, we talked about it, Toya. My story was a little bit different to me. And like most cases I hear, you know, it was uh, when being molested, it was a family member 
or sometimes it could be a complete utter stranger and you're traumatized by it. And the difference for me was I, first of all, the person um, was my mother's landlord, old white guy. I was about maybe seven. And I can remember when he would come over and visit my mom to pick up the rent, he, I would typically have my pajamas on and he would put his hand up under my uh, pajamas uh, and fondle me. So the weird thing was, is you would think that when something like that happens to you, you're like, oh my God, traumatized. I can't believe this is happening. I was kind of a loner kid. And the first time it happened to me, all I can remember in my mind was stimulation. And when it happened, and then, so I liked it. And then it happened again and I liked it. I was not traumatized or any of that. I actually was looking forward to the man coming over. I didn't, the trauma didn't set in until I got older. So when I reflect, would I, when I would reflect back on um, those times when the landlord would molest me, I began to just get sick with myself. Like, ugh, you are gross. Like, how could you think that? And so you experience like you experience like self hate. Like, yes, yes, because I felt like I was a sick person for even enjoying that. You and were I seven. Think, you were seven. I know, old. but I mean, you talking to, so this is my seven. So this is my teenage self reflecting back on my seven-year-old self and still not really being um, mentally mature. I just started just thinking of myself in these negative ways. And I really feel like it um, kind of guided some of the misguided decisions that I had in my young adult life in terms of the decisions that I made sexually. Yes, and, honey. Speak on it. Speak <laughs> on it. Okay. We're going gonna to get into that. I want everybody to kind of tell their story because those are some okay. of the questions I want to yes. ask. Okay. I have that, one question that I'm sure people mm -hmm. that are listening are going to ask. Where was your mo mother at when he was coming to collect the rent when he was fondling my mother was there the entire time. So I need you to imagine the situation is like adults around the table. They would all be like drinking, smoking, whatever. And I, and he was an older white man. So I was fine with him. So I would usually stand like literally right next to them. Or when he had to go to the bathroom, um, he had to come up to me in my brother's room. And typically I'd be up there because I was the oldest and he may do it then. My mother was none the wiser. I actually let her die not even knowing that that happened. Wow. So wow. it was basically right in her face, but she didn't see it. It was right. If my mom, if my mom would have knew that that happened, I, she probably would have slit his throat. Wow. Um, uh, okay. Wow. Uh, Okay, so next we have Carla. Um, Carla Washington, she has a nonprofit called Carla's Care. And her mission is that every child um, has a need and a right to love and be loved in a healthy environment. 
Um, she focuses on life skills, education, and mentoring self-love and emergency aid to all children. And she also owns a printing company and is event planner and works in hospitality. Carla, you ready to share your story, hun? I want to say this. I am 51 years old and every day is a day to learn something new. And I'm going to tell you for many, many years, I thought I was on an island by myself with the way I thought, with the way I felt and the way things happened. And both of you ladies have shared some things that happened to me. You got the manipulation. You've got the, it's got to be something wrong with me because this feels good. But then you have to understand that's the mechanics of the human body. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, I was molested by my great uncle, not a great uncle, but he was my great uncle. He's my um, he is uh, my great grandmother's son. Um, he uh, for a long time I looked up to him because he was in the military, and everybody thought of this man as a great man because he moved to another state. He had a nice house. Um, Everybody went to his house for the summer to get corrected when you were out of line or whatever. I'm from LA. So, you know, he had a nice house out where he lived in his other state. Um, And my mother was uh, apparently having with me and I needed to be um, corrected. So I was going to his house for the summer. He lived um, in Kansas City. And I think that man molested me from the time he put me in the car from LA all the way to Kansas City at every stop that wow. he could um, that he could make. Now, what made it easy was that Carla was a I was a cold piece of work back in the day. I was getting in trouble. I was fast. I um, had a hot mouth. All of that. So, who's gonna believe me? You didn't have to threaten to do something to my mother. Do something to anybody? Ain't nobody gonna believe you. You lie about everything. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Um, I can remember when the summer was over and it was time to come back home. He apparently told it because he flew me back home. He told everybody what Carla did, which I didn't do um, and all that. And I remember my mother kicking my tail from the LAX airport to, to the house um, because I acted up when I went to my uncle's house. Well, and according to him, you acted up. But really according you- to him, according to him. And I remember my great grandmother, you know, you shame me. How could you go out there and act like that? And it wasn't until years later that I realized them, them people in the family, the aunts, the great aunts, they already know this man. They know because there were other things about him. Found out he could have possibly have been my grandfather. Found out that, you know, he did quite a few things. So what happened with me was um I'm in my older years. I was about 25. And I remember, and I never spoke about, you know, what had happened. My mother called me on the phone and told me um, that my uncle died. And I think I kind of went like, "Mm," because she called me on the phone. And uh, she called me back and she said, Carla, did something happen? Because she remembers now, I was always cold to that man after. And I remember one time, my little sister at the time, um, he ended up moving back to California and she went to his house next door. And when I found out, when I saw her, I said, don't you ever, I don't care what it is. You don't go over to this house. You don't, you don't need to. Then I had another cousin who he did try to do something with, but she said, I'm gonna tell my mama. And she knew her mother was gonna believe her. But moving the story on, my mother asked me, did he do something? And I said, yes. And I told her, I found out through other family members that she talked about it because we're not close at all, me and my mother, that 
Carla just made this story up and she lied. Now I'm going to be real frank with you guys because I'm talking to you guys, but I don't really talk like this. I cuss a lot. What the fuck made you think that I lied? I ain't never told you this. You asked me this. This motherfucker done died. I don't care how he died, why he died. He's dead now. That's how I felt. And I felt like you asked me a question and I answered it. And then you came back to me and you felt like I lied. Well, I since feel like other people in the family, maybe even including her, may have been touched by him. But it took me years and years of being feeling guilty, wondering what I did because I've been molested by other people as well. What is it about me yes. that I did this? You know, and I know you'll probably ask these questions and get back to it, but you know, my daughter, she's 15 now. She had an online incident. Um, and anybody that knows me, that's my Facebook friend. I went for a whole hour on a rant in front of this man's house. His name, he called himself the creepy uncle on my daughter's Oculus. And I found out who he was, triggered me about uncle and he still got to see me. I never saw him because he wasn't home, but his she wife, man wife was home. And I basically tormented their house for about an hour. Wow. wow I didn't know that, Carla. Well, let, so me, I, yeah. let me ask you this, Carla. You saying that maybe your uncle did something to your mom, but do you think maybe, because it would be hard for me to believe that if, he did something to her that she was so willingly send you with him. But do you oh, think maybe, well, well, I'm, well, I'm gonna ask you, do you think maybe she reacted like that because she didn't want to have to deal with the fact that she let you go and didn't, like she didn't want to have to deal with the truth? Sometimes we have skeletons in our family closet that th this, this series right now is not even long enough because oh, yeah. it goes deeper than that. Right. You know, the, the don't tell, you know, don't, don't bring that. I mean, people know, they just don't talk about it. They see, don't. That is the truth. Now, now we're in a generation. I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to tell you who it was, where they live. And we all going to go to the house and talk about it. But you know what? And I, I agree with, with Carla wholeheartedly because in my situation, um, I, I told my after I, I started dealing with my um, situation when my mother passed away. I had put it in the back of my mind. I didn't deal with it at all. It was like it just never happened. And um, when my mother died and I was dealing with that grief and I started going to counseling, it brought it to the forefront. And so my counselor told me that I need to tell my parent, tell my dad about it, tell my sister about, you know, what happened. And I told them and it was like nothing. Like it was like, oh, oh, for real? Next, next, next cookout, make sure he be here. And it's like, I, it's, it's hard to, I, like, I can't understand that. Like I just taught, like, do you know how hard it was for me to get to this point, to tell you this and now, this motherfucker is sitting up at the cookout like ain't nothing happened. Like he, I'm carrying a burden and that's part that makes me angry because I'm carrying a burden and he's not. You know I what I'm saying? something wrong. Right. And that's what makes me mad about it. I'm going to tell you what's even colder than that. I remember when we, when I talked about it to my sister, my sister had the nerve to say, and I don't even think she realizes what a stupid ass fucking thing it was that she said 
she said, I wonder why he never molested me. He was closer to me than he was to anybody. Wow. Wow. You don't even think about, we are so warped sometimes that do you really, I can't even have serious relationships sometimes because I'm a, at, at that age, I was trying to please that man after I felt like the feeling that I got and didn't realize till I got older that you were molested and that was wrong what he did. Yes. Today, I'm a pleaser. I try to please people because of something that somebody did to me. They should, by all rights, you should be in jail or have something bad happen to you. But my sister looked at me. Well, no, she said it on the phone to me. I wonder why he didn't try to molest me. Hmm. We wasn't trying to stand in line for our turn. Right. Wow. How old yes. were you? How old were you, Carla? I had to have been like 11 or 12 because I'd already been in foster home. And I was back out. So I had to be like 12 years old or something. And, you know, truth be told, at that age, um, before I became obese, at 12, between 12 and 14, I was stacked like a woman. Mm. See, I wasn't at nine and 10. I, I was, if I see a picture now, I don't get upset about it, but it's so disheartening because it's, I was so innocent. I was so skinny and so, yes. so what could the attraction really have been? Right. You, you said know, you were they, about nine years old too, um, Tanya? Yeah, like nine or 10. It was but you were like straight up and down. Straight, I mean, yes, very much so. Yeah, know. that's how I was. And it's, it's just like, how could, what was the, what could have been the attraction? Because he was a, really sick. A sick motherfucker. That's what it was. And, and it doesn't any easier, you know, but I, I believe in, uh, spiritual things that happen in families if it's never addressed. And I can look at it, you know, earlier on, I was able to say, I found out that my mother had been raped by someone in her, in our family. I can't see in her family. So she wasn't able to take notice that something was happening. She has three daughters and something happened to all three of her children. But because she had never dealt with what happened to her in the proper way, I should say, it was, it just went clearly over her head. In my mind, I'm thinking she she would kill this guy. My mother was a fighter. I mean, she she had a heck of a past, I put it like that. And, you know, I never wanted her to be in trouble, but there were times where he would any indication if he thought he can get me alone. So one night we were gonna go skating and we would walk to the skating ring. We would have to go through the cemetery and he would tell me, you gonna go with me. So I took off you know, on my own, like, you're not going to get me tonight. So the next time he goes, I told my mom, I was like, my stomach hurt real, real bad. I don't want to go. Well, I'm going to take you to the hospital. You, you must be having sex. And I'm thinking, what would make you say that? Mm -hmm. So for someone to go there, it's something in that parent's mind that they are just not willing to accept. And I begged her, please take me, please take me. I'm so sick. And she goes, well, she must not be having sex because she want to go to the doctor too bad. Mm. And then that would have gave you the, that would have well, gave you the. I wanted to go because yeah. it would open up the, the, you know, for me to be able to say. The what conversation. Wow. You know, just listening to it, it's, it's, I have two kids, a son and a daughter. They grown, well, my son would be 22 and my daughter would be 20 um, next month. But I think back now and all the all the places they've gone and spend the night at people's houses and 
all of that stuff. And now it, it, it almost made me feel like a bad parent now because we just so we just trust people too much. I did. And it still happened. I have three sons and I have a niece that molested my children. And I have a little cousin that molested one of my children. And I was the hard parent. They weren't allowed to go anywhere. You couldn't spend the night by anybody's house. My niece, I was in my bedroom and she was out by the couch fondling my child. Yeah. When and see, that's it's just like a repeated, but I'm thinking I got my eyes on these kids. Mm -hmm. But it, it it just happens and you don't, you know, and it's like, what can we do to stop it? Where there's a will, there's a way, and they find out, they find ways of doing what it is that they do. But I feel like speaking about it, putting it out there. Um, my daughter knows that I'm a, I'm a little off. Um, and I go there for my, I don't mind telling her, I don't care what it is. You tell me, yeah. you know, because I'm not going to, I don't have enough time to find out if you're telling me the truth or not. I'm going to react because this is going on and on. This has been going on before my mother uh, was born, before her mother was born. And in, in our community, and I mean the black community and brown community, it it's just almost natural. So when does it stop? You know what? I think, Go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry, Tamika. Go uh, ahead. I, I, know. I know a guy to this day, a guy that my sister has the daughter by that molested my son. He molested me and assaulted me when I was young. He's still sleeping with little girls to this day and nobody is doing anything about it. I put a post on Facebook a couple of years ago and my family just, but I was willing to pay somebody to kill this guy. Well, I go to his house and I'll stand in the front and I'll shame him because I'm known for that. <laughs> I'm ringing my bell and I'm shaming him and I'm going to have about, about 75 motorcycles. But everybody knows. Everybody knows. And I just make, don't understand why. When you why. say everybody, you mean everybody in the family everybody or just like the whole community? Family, everybody in the community. All of the so-called hard knock guys, everybody know. And this guy is still breathing. Wow. Tamika, what were you about to say? <laughs> wow. Um, well, I was just gonna say, like circling back to like when will it end? I mean, really the only real recourse that we have is to just basically educate our children and let them know that it's okay to have a conversation with us. We were scared when we were little to say things. We didn't necessarily have those. Um conversations with our parents about whether or not it was or wasn't to okay to come and talk to them because you know they ain't know that uncle was over there like molesting you because we didn't really say anything but now that it's out in the open the one of the only things that you really have your biggest armor is to arm your child with the knowledge of what to do when they find themselves in you, that situation you know what I, I i agree with you but you know one of the things my mom she used to always tell us don't sit on no man's lap and, you know, right. don't play around with them too much and don't hang on them and everything. And I'm going to tell you, my mother used to tell me all the time. She said, I don't give a shit if it's your daddy. If he touch you in a way that he's not supposed to touch you, you tell me. So when I was my second incident happened when I was 13 years old, I went to a sleepover over a friend of mine's house. And for some reason, um, it was it was like six girls and we went over to her grandmother's house because they had a pool. So we were over there playing around in the pool. And then when we end up getting 
uh, going back to the house where the sleepover was going to be, their uncle came and her mom was drinking with the uncle or whatever. And I woke up and when I, I mean, you know, everybody went to sleep. When I woke up, he was on top of me and he was like, come on back to the room. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go. So I end up like trying to make noise and wake, you know, some other girls up or whatever. But, um, and I did wake him up and he, it made him go into the, to the other room, but I didn't tell. And then when I did tell when I did, but it, I'll get into that. But when I did tell my mom took me to the police station and the lady, I took it the eighth precinct right there on grand river and six mile. And, um, the, the police officers that were that interviewed me said, if you was my daughter and you waited all this time to tell this, I would beat your ass. What was waited all this time? Because I, I waited. It was like I waited for probably it was like um, it was probably like a year before I told. So let me ask you this question. You said that your mom groomed you and told you that if anybody. That's what you, I'm saying. So, yeah. So I'm asking you what what didn't, didn't translate? It just, it was like, it was this, it was like the, when that, when it happened with him, that was, mind you, that was the second time that I had been molested. Mm -hmm, So at the, it was the second time. And so I thought, because when my first situation happened, it had got to the point where he was making me ask him to do this to me. He, he had got, he made it seem like, I was, he was doing it because I wanted him to. So he would make me ask him. And so, um, this, so when the second time that I got molested came around, I thought, well, was it my nightgown? Was it something that I did? Did I catch, have too much eye contact with him? Like, I thought it was something that I did. I blamed myself for, I was too sexy or maybe I was, but I looked, I was, I looked like a, little boy I didn't have no car and even so no matter what I looked like I still had a 13 year old uh 13 year old tag on me I was 13 years old and that shit changed me as a person it changed Mm -hmm. me and I always want to know like when we as victims have to endure something like this would we be somebody different if this hadn't happened like what 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 happened to that lost child? Because I know that it's still having this conversation right now shows me that I still have a scared child inside of me that's scared to really deal with the shit. I can talk on Facebook all day, get in front of a group of guys and talk shit all day. But when it comes to having this conversation and naming names and, and it's hard for me. And so this is therapy for me as well. But I know once this happened, I at 14, I had my first because I started questioning my sexuality when a, after this. I hated men. I hated them. I, I used to take 10 showers a day because I felt like I couldn't get clean. And then at 14, I had I started having sex at 14 years old with a 21-year-old man. I was having sex. Shit, like, was, you was basically getting molested again. Getting molested again. But do you know it took for me to get grown to realize and I I ran into him again and we had the conversation and I had to say I was 14 motherfucker and you was 21 I was getting molested all over again 
So let me correct myself. I got molested three times in my life. <laughs> no, they say a lot of times when people have have traumatic experiences, they kind of get stuck at, at, at that time. And like when you say you still was that part of you still that 13 year old girl. Mm -hmm. And uh, you wonder how you would have been if that wouldn't have happened. But let me ask you ladies this. Um, and I know you said for a while you hated men, but how do you, how, the, the experience because this happened to you from men, do you think that it has changed how you look at men or have, or have you just understand that that was that particular person? Like, do you, did you build a distrust towards men? Do you have a, a you know, certain attitude towards men that you think you may not have had, had that not happened to you? I can say, I, I know that has a lot to do with me not being attracted to light skinned men. Well, excuse me. No drinks. No, and, and I'm serious. It's like I can see a, a lighter skinned guy and find him attractive, but for me, the darker, the better. Right. So it was. So your uncle was. I mean, the person who did it to you was light skinned. My brother. I, I, I describe him as my father. Your brother. Your, your father. Yeah. He was light light skinned. It looks just like my daddy, and I could just smack him upside the head if you have to say I'm so angry. But um, so I know for a long time that, that had a lot to do with me not being attracted to to lighter skinned men. But it also, I had a very very violent life. Mm -hmm. um, and most of the time it was directed towards a man. It's not that I didn't have issues with women, but they kind of got off easy, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Um, I trained myself really well early on and people could never understand. It's like, how can somebody her size do that much damage or handle men in that way? And it really had a lot to do, not just with the training, but the hurt. So if a man, if I felt like, a man, you could hurt my feelings by lying, but the moment I felt like you had reached a level that you wanted to be violent with me, I beat you to the punch. Mm. And my past shows it. I mean, you probably you can't find it now unless you're probably a police officer. But um, the last time I went to jail was in 2004. Motorcycle stuff. Um. And they were trying to give me 17 years because I allowed someone to come into my home after a night of drinking. He asked me, could he use the restroom? Evidently, I came in and passed out and he went and told them we had sex. So if I was drunk and I came in my home and passed out and you had sex with me, that meant you raped me. Exactly. Right. So it took me, I stopped drinking <laughs> for that moment and I caught up with the guy. And needless to say, I almost got 17 years behind it. Wow. wow. For him to admit he didn't do anything. He just wanted to be the one to say he got the girl that was in the club. So that's mm. why I hate the club uh, toy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what about you? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Were you finished, Tanya? No, but I'm just saying it's just crazy how far you would go if you don't heal. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. What about um, you, um, Carla? Did, did, do you think it's changed your way of towards men? Like if it didn't happen, you think it would be different, have different views towards men or anything? I think that it would be different. Um, 
because of my upbringing and the things that happened to me, um, being in a foster home and though I grew up in a pretty rough way, um, I would be probably a lot more softer than I now. I don't trust nobody. Um, you have, and it, it's not even that you have to prove yourself to me. There's really not a lot that a person can do that I trust them. Um, I feel like, like I don't have a close relationship with my father or stepfathers for that matter, because where were you? Um, I'm married now, but I am going through a separation and I try to be balanced with him, but I feel like, you know, my daughter just went through something. Where, where were you? Where are you? And when I mean, I had something horrible. My daughter was on this Oculus, which is like a, like goggles. I have one. Mm -hmm. And she was, she was communicating with a 38 year old man. Um, and the only way I found that out was because I'm nosy. I was on her cell phone and I saw um, the name come through and it said creepy uncle. Now I'm on the bike set and you know, my brothers are like her uncle. So I'm like, I'm hoping that she's not thinking that, you know, or one of my brothers is not, you know, reaching out to her. And when I, when we found, when I asked her, she was like, oh, that's my friend. And then I found out, you know, who it was. I went to my brothers. And when I tell you in less than five minutes, it was about five of us. They found out where that man lived. They found out his phone number. And it was like, we had an intervention with my daughter and they all, cause they're like her uncles. And my husband was nowhere to be there in the intervention. You know, they sat down with my daughter and they had straight up conversations. Real uncles don't do that. Right. We love you, but there ain't no, no conversations that we can have with you, Kennedy, without your mom being present. We want great things for you. We want you to have good grades. We want you to be okay. You know, we're we're not talking to you in the conversations that he has. I went all of the all of the um, text messages. I blew those up. I made a big old poster, and I gave them to the people in that man's neighborhood. I, I shared them with everybody that I could to let them know this is what's going on. Because mm. I don't I, I don't want my daughter to have to go through what I went through. Wow. You know, and explain to her. See, we were molested and it was right there in our house. There's some crazy things going on now. This man was trying to be my daughter's friend and befriend her. And could and have ended up in some sex trafficking shit. What and I live in Las Vegas. What would have happened if he would have been her friend and gained her trust and said, Oh, by the way, I'm coming to town, and then she drive off, go off with him. Like I told her, he could have binked you in the head, put you in a car, drugged you, and I I never say her again. Never even know. Yeah. I would never know. Unfortunately, right. social media and cell phones and, and all of the social media and all that has just made it so much easier for predators. Man. It's you know, and the sad thing about it is the police don't even do really anything about it. When I tell you, I acted a, it's like over five thousand people that was on that post after a while that mm -hmm. saw me and was like this don't even seem like Carla, what happened? And I was in the middle of the street. I was walking crazy. I took a bell and beat the crap out of that man's gate. And it was really deep because I thought I was going to the creepy uncle's house to see him. And I saw a woman that looked like a woman walking towards me. And I said, excuse me. And I said, the man's name, Christian, White. is Christian Whiteley your husband? And they said, yeah, but they said it in a very deep voice. The closer that heifer cat got closer to me, 
I realized that was a man that was a woman. I don't wow. and I don't go in because your your sexuality and your lifestyle is yours. But what I said to him was, are you legally a woman now? So now I know how to address this person. And they said, yeah, I'm legally a woman. And I said, is that your legal husband? They said, no. I said, well, I just need to let you know that your husband like kids. You never know. It might have been the uncle, creepy uncle, mm-hmm. creepy uncle, auntie. The creepy uncle I ended up talking to on the phone. But after investigation and after research, that man was grooming my daughter for that thing that was walking towards me. Oh, girl. Oh, wow. Oh, girl. And where they live, because they live in Lancaster. Lancaster is known for, they've got missing kids in California City, missing kids in Bakersfield, which is not far from there. I acted a nut. The thing came out holding the dog. I said, I don't know if you like sleeping with kids, dogs. We don't know if there's kids in that house. I acted a nut. And I'm not. Wow. I'm not Justifiably done so. I'm not done yeah. with uh, Tamika. What about, what about you, Tamika? The same question. Um, I don't really think that I did. I Like I kind of share with you guys. I really think I really took it out on myself. And because of it, I think I spent a lot of time chasing the stimulation of it all. And then um, when it came down to men, maybe if I just had to say, I I didn't really take them serious at one point. Uh, I never will ever let anybody, like a man dominate me at all. The thought of it was just like, who are you talking to? Um, but I don't really know if that came from that. I just can tell you how I changed and what changed towards men. Um, during that, the main thing for me is I really had to deal with myself and what I thought of myself. And because he was a monster, I acknowledge he was a monster, an old monster. Um, but I'm not going to let him steal the show. The, the main thing that I needed to work on for my healing was me. Because when you work on yourself and get yourself together, then it don't matter who it was in the family, who knew, who didn't stand up for you, who didn't do any of that, because you have dealt with yourself. Yeah, I I can agree with that to a certain extent, but kids are supposed to have protectors. We are, but when you don't have that, that's what I'm saying. Kids are supposed to have that. A lot of kids don't have Exactly. So how do you move forward? I can't. You don't, if especially in therapy, you don't want somebody to keep dwelling on that. Yes, it happened, right? And it made you feel away, and it was wrong, and it and they are monsters, and they are not right. And yes, they should have said something, and yes, they should have did something. All of that, that's all going to still be constant. But how are you going to change so that you don't feel the way that you feel about the situation? So right. you not crying and internalizing this. What are you going to do? And exactly. The, and, and two, you know, we say a lot of kids don't have protectors, but then you, a lot of them do. But it may be something the parents don't know because the kids, they'll be scared to tell. Right. They'll be threatened. I'm going to kill your parents if, if you tell yeah. anything and all that. So the parents may not even know. I, I know I know a story like that. The father didn't know for, uh, for years, you know. I was telling Toya, I, I just found out recently, I'm from LA too, um, uh, Carla, um, that we had uh, some uh, a, a couple we knew and um, he had two daughters. He was married, had two daughters and all of a sudden they up and moved out of state. 
And um, suddenly, and once they left, they finally told their mother that their father had been molesting them since they were little girls. Their own father. This is somebody out of, we used to be at their house and everything. And I, it made me sick to my stomach, mm -hmm. but I, I just couldn't, I couldn't even believe it, you know? Now, let me uh, ask you this, being a man and being around that man, how do you look mm -hmm. at being now, being a man and knowing that you were invited in that man's home mm -hmm. to find out that he was doing that to his daughters? Yeah. It how, how, how does it change you when your view on men? It 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 fucked me up. Okay. Like, it, it did. Like, because this was somebody who, if this is and it scared me because this is somebody had my daughter been his daughter's age at the time, I would have let her spend the night over there and not thought anything of it. Mm. Not thought anything of it. Would have thought, hey, she with Uncle So-and-so, is she good? She's safe over there. Everything. Right. Now. I also would have believed her if she would have came home and told me he did something to her because I have a relationship with my kids. Now, I wouldn't have said you lying or nothing. I'd have been over there to go kill his ass. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I would not have thought anything of it for her to, oh, you want to spin it out? Yeah, go ahead. You know, you could go spit it. You know what I would have I would have thought nothing of it. And, and, that's, thought, that's and like you said, and thought she was scary. safe. Yeah. Yeah. And that's your own, like, even that, to if something were to happen to your child and you let him go over you got to deal with that too. Like yeah. that you allowed that to happen, which you had no real knowledge of. Yeah. You might've killed the person, you know, you might've did this, this, but the fact that they even had to go through that, you know, that man. And I, gotta, and I, and I, I think about it, you know, like, and I think about those girls and it has to be, it has to be even probably 10 times worse to, not only get molested, but by get molested by your own father. Yeah. Number one person who's supposed to protect you is the one that did it to you, that hurt, that hurt you and did that. That has to be, uh, uh, that has to mentally be tough to deal with. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know it's tough to deal with for anybody to do do that to you, but for your own father. Yeah. No. And I don't under. You have to be a sick person to even. Look at your daughter in that manner. You know? I used to think it was just something from the South because I was raised in Louisiana. What part? I had no idea that this, in Hammond, Louisiana. Hammond, okay. I'll I had no idea that this is happening in every city, every township, every parish, every, you know, only now, it's not like this is a conversation I just have with people, but I had a friend the other day and it was, she's never addressed it. And the sad part about it is her molester caused her or have his wife to call her and ask her for favors. And she had him on the phone the other day and I was uh, by her house doing some stuff. And I told her, I said, just say it. And she was literally about to have a stroke at almost 50, unable to say what you did to me. And that's what and I, I fear. Her, I said, say it. That's say, what I fear. Tell him now, why are you so upset? Just say it. And she, what you, you, I mean, do you know what you, I say? No, just say it. And to see her from four days ago to today is amazing to see her confidence, to see that weight off her. Got it out. To see. That, that's I, I say now call his wife and let his wife know 
Do not, every time you call my phone, I know you're calling for him. I need you to not call my phone. Matter of fact, I'm blocking you. Mm. This is what your husband did to me. And I'm talking about flourishing. It's amazing. Just that. You got to deal with you. That's why I say you got to deal with you. You got to deal with what is part of your healing. You know, you know what, for me. That's the sad part is that the act itself is horrible. But the years and years of having to live and deal with that. Yes, like, that's why I said I tormented for so long. Yeah. And, and 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 it's like that person, even if they molested you one time, they've had control over your life for years. Yes, that's years. it. Because that you just the said control. it, the control. You know what? And I'm gonna tell you this. Like I said, I feel like I'm carrying a burden and he's not. And also the another thing, the second guy who molested me. I ended up looking him up on Otis, which is the offender tracking thing. And he's an absconder uh, mm. right now for child molestation. So he didn't stop with me. Was right. that a prison? He was a, he no, was a, it's yeah. like tracking information system for mission. I mean, for all states. Yeah, it, 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 you like if he's on parole, if he's in jail or whatever, you can type their name in on the state level and you can okay. see where they are or whatever. That I used to type in dudes that I was dating. Like, let me see if this motherfucker got a record. <laughs> you know what's amazing, ladies, is that all of you and 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 even some other people that I know that that that's close to me that have dealt with uh, molestation and sexual assault. The sad part is that from you all talking to you all and the ones that I know personally, no none none of their people who assaulted them were ever held accountable. Yeah, absolutely right. Not one. Yeah. Well, my, right. there was one in my family, and it was my sister's husband. I never did tell that he had, I hate to say having sex with me because it was rape, but I was sexually active then, but he would hold it over my head. If you don't do it, I'm going to tell her we did it. And you know, she's going to believe me and hate you. I love my sister that much. Mm. He ended up uh, raping my youngest sister and my sister, the older sister stayed with the guy. She was in the military. And when I moved back to Michigan, um, she decided to, to get back with the guy. And I woke up one morning, he was in the house playing with my son. Wow. I simply just grabbed me some things. I left and I called the FBI because they had been looking for him. This guy did 15 years. She divorced him, married his cousin. When it was time for this Negro to get out, don't you know she married to that guy this, to this day? She got personal problems. But, and I tell people, my mother knew that my sister had been molested. And she stayed with the guy. So my sister learned from the best. Right. Mm. So how can I be that upset with her when she followed the pattern of her mother, which is my mother? Yeah. Do you right? think, do you think your mom and, and women who stay in like that, do you think it's obviously I, I mean, I think it's like low self-esteem and and that they just so they so scared of losing that man that they kind of betray their own kids. No, because she didn't have none of the men anyway. You, you didn't have the men. I mean, it was just, it seemed like it, I thought it was just a Southern thing, small town mentality is what I call it. Mm -hmm. 
but I realized it it was happening almost Amen. every day. And the amazing I, thing is I, how many more of that we don't know about. It's probably it's probably more than we even can imagine that has gone through this. And it, cause it's just amazing just hearing you all story and because yeah, you, know, you you would think that it doesn't happen a lot, but the more you talk to people and the more you look into stuff, you realize it happens all too often. It's one in three women in the United States that are molested wow. as a child. I am telling the truth. Wow. And I hate to say it, almost every woman that I know. I have like when we go on bike trips um, and we're like sitting around in a hotel, sometimes like in a room. And I'll just randomly say, how many of us have been in this? I mean, that's sitting in this room have been molested as a child and damn near it be everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Yeah, wow. it's sad. So what I, I was telling somebody about the guy down south, knowing that he's still doing this. If they were able to send Bill Cosby to jail for something that happened, what was it, 12 years ago? Under this Me Too, is it too late? Right. If you have so many people, a a young lady and I were just having this conversation on Facebook about two weeks ago about this particular guy. Because she was saying he had molested her, a whole nother kid that I knew nothing about. So let me ask you ladies a question because we're getting, um, we're going to wrap this up soon, but I want to ask you ladies, like if you guys had an opportunity to address the person that did this to you, what would you say? Like give, if you had like just two minutes to say something to them, what is it that you would say to the person that did this to you? And let's start off with Tanya. I have an idea Um, because we have the same father. For years, I allowed him to come around the house to see his father. He wasn't allowed to speak to me, don't associate with my children because my father lives with me or our father. And one day I came home and he was on the porch uninvited by me. He decided he wanted to come see his dad. And I sat him down at that moment. I told him, if I ever see you near my home again, Tony, that's on there, you're going to meet her. Don't ever come back to my home. Deal with your dad outside of my house. So you can't ever come back because I was re-injuring myself. You know, I was re-torturing myself. But for you to be that bold and brazen and feel like, okay, well, she's over it. I can just show up when I want to. Because that's basically what he's saying. Like, she's over it. Was he was he older than you? Yes. Okay. And did you ever, uh, I'm sorry if you said it, I missed it. Did you ever, did you ever tell your dad that he I did? You did. Um, and I still have the letter to this day. I wrote him a letter. I probably was 13, but I was angry with him that he was ignoring my little sister. So once again, being the protector, you know, I, I put it in a letter um, really just to hurt him because mm. he didn't do anything for my little sister for Christmas. He never addressed it. Never addressed it. Okay, Tamika, what would you say if you had an opportunity? Um, I would just say, like, listen, old man, you really need to get help. You sick. Um, You're molesting young children. I mean, I'm sure if you're doing this to me, I'm sure it's somebody else. And you need to go and really seek some professional help and find out why you're doing this. 
And you also need to think about like you're a monster and what are you doing to the children that you're doing this to? Did you ever stop and think about how it might affect them? And would you like for somebody to do that to your daughter? Like I really would, I would want to leave his ass in the state of deep motherfucking thought when I left him. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I would want from him. I want to leave him with that because he was old as hell. Putting him in jail would be like putting Bill Cosby in jail to me. It was for what? But you still need, I want you to write and understand that what you did, it was wrong and you ain't shit and you're a piece of shit for that. And I really wish that you would get help. Carla, what would you say? Uh Uh-oh, can't hear you again, Carla. Carla, there we go. There we go. Okay. There you go. I would say you guys are, you guys are some nice ladies. Um, (laughs) Uh, I think that um, God was on his side that I was that young because he did take my innocence. He lied on me. He, I, I was, when I tell you that I've been sexually abused, but I've also been physically abused. My mother should be in jail for some of the things that she did to me. And I can remember that particular, one of those um, episodes, that whooping, that was deep on something that I did not do. So me being the person I am right now, I would want to pistol whoop him. I'd want to shoot him. Um, uh, you know, he really fucked up. Our like family. on um, Pulp Fiction, you want to get medieval on his I ass. I want to get medieval on that ass. Um, <laughs> like for real, because I can, I can even still now look at his face, his little smug face. Like, you know, you're above that. You've been through the military. You did all this. And, and you're running around here, you know, molesting kids. You're molesting family members. You know, you... It, it, it was so much damage that he did. I really want to beat the shit out of that man. Like really just go there. I don't even want to talk. I just want us to be in a room and let me just go for what I know. Wow. I want to ask you all a question. It's kind of similar to what you just did, but I want you guys to tell every, tell the audience like how this has made how dealing with this has made you feel for all these years? You know, like, is it something that you that you think about and deal with every day? Do you feel like it's causing, you know, depression at times or cause you to be an angry person? Like, what has, has it been an effect for you for like every, you know what I mean? Like, how has it just made you feel like dealing with it every day? Has it been tormenting? Has it been something you've been able to push to the side and not think about like, how has it made you feel in dealing with it all these years? You can't hear you again, Carla. Better now because I know I didn't do anything wrong. It so you feel better years. now? I'm better now because there was nothing that I did. But for so many years, I was walking around with guilt. I was walking around with shame, with the shame. Um, and wondering, just like Latoya said, I'm, you know, what was I wearing? Was I acting fast? Was I because I was fast? But I wasn't fast with grown men, you know, and for so long, that's been that what was placed on me. Carla fast, she's this, she's that. Now I realize that was his sickness. That was his issue that was forced on me. And it was like, a, I, I released myself, mm-hmm. you know, but to, to carry that for so for more than 20 years, man, that's bullshit. And a lot of us are carrying it and we don't even know how to let it go. Mm-hmm. 
What about you? Because you separate yourself from what's going on. I think that's what I did. I think I kind of like just separated myself from the situation that happened to me. Um, so I just suppressed it, didn't deal with it. And I think once I really came to terms with it and deal with it, it helped me really understand so much about myself and why I'm the, the way that I am. And to be, just accept myself and understand like nothing's wrong with you. I think that was the most important thing for me is carrying around in my younger years, just these low opinions of myself and just blaming myself for how I felt about the situation. So, but now I'm good. Okay. And Tanya? Um, I always, when I was younger, thought I was the ish. At nine or 10, I, I'm still tomboyish now. But then I don't think I, I felt guilty. I felt that I needed to protect. That's always been my goal. Um, when I got older, it affected me. I didn't realize it was affecting me until I had one of those moments where I usually ended up in trouble. Um, and it took me, I have a life coach on speed dial. I can call her at any given time. Hey, I'm dealing with this. I need a word. Um, but my grandmother was a minister. My mother was a minister and being raised in the church, it was always about, you know, you have to forgive, you, you know, you, you have to put yourself in a place where you can get over it. And it took me a while, like with the brother to realize I can forgive you. That don't mean you have to be in my space. I don't have to be around you. So now I have so much peace in my life. It does not affect me. I'm, I'm fine. I, I have a really, really peaceful life. I love my life. What would I have been without it? It's scary to think that I would be different than what I am now because that's how much, you know, I, I love how I've had my life set up. You know what? I'm going to tell you this and um, um, we're going to wrap it up. But um, one of the things that I hate about what molestation done to me is because I can... I feel like it it changed my viewpoint on intimacy. Um, I can have sex without emotion. And that is one of the things that I hate about myself. Like, like you know, I, you know, when we be out here in the motorcycle world, or just being in the world period, you meet guys and be like, man, if I gave you some of this, you would be acting crap. No, bro, I would not. I will be enjoying the feeling and then I will go on about my business because and I tell them, listen, I was molested as a child. I don't associate sex with emotion. It just I just don't. So wait, I see all all three of you ladies are like smiling in the green. So do you, so, so has that done that to you all too? Like it took the intimacy away from you? You feel the same? I don't know if it took the intimacy away from me. I mean, I don't know because there are, I'm sure, some women who probably haven't been molested who could still have sex without intimacy. But I definitely understand what Toya is talking about. Like just reflecting on my situation, I can. I don't know for sure, but I definitely can see where she's coming from with that for real. Yeah. What about you? It definitely, set you can separate that. Um, so yeah. you know, you can have sex. And that's all it is. So while you thinking you doing something, I'm I'm on the same thing you on. Yes. Um, and then, you know, I have been in love where there was intimacy there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to think that the two go hand in hand automatically. 
no, um, right. That, that was taken away from me. It was, you know, and at some point it could almost even be a job. This is just a job. Yeah. It, it, it's like, for me, I can have, I could be more emotionally attached to someone who I don't enjoy sex with than someone that is rocking my world. Cause it does sex is, I mean, sex is good. Yeah. But it's not going to be that deciding factor with me because I've been molested. I, sex has always been a part of my life since for as long as I can remember. So I can, I can separate the two. Well, ladies, we at the hour mark, I know it's in the week and everybody got to go to work. We could probably go on and on and hit so many different layers to this. But I want to thank you all for coming. And give on. them a round of applause. E. Yeah. Give them a round of applause. Let me, let me go back to the. Uh, <laughs> like, oh shit! Uh, no. I don't have. I, don't have <laughs> I got on the other path. You already <laughs> fucking up. Right. Yeah, right. He be talking about me. Okay. You don't put me on the spot like yeah. that. But I appreciate y'all for coming but, on. Thank you so stay, very much. Yeah, you know, so many different layers we could we could get to. Mm-hmm. But I hope that um, I don't know if this if you guys normally openly share your story or if this is the first time for you all or whatever. But I think that um, in life, when we go through things. We can use our experiences to help other people so that it doesn't go in vain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think you all who went through it and was able to 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 come through on the other end okay can be a help to other people. So I would encourage you to maybe to get more involved with 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 an organization or start your own or something to to be that voice. I'm about us helping each other and I think yeah. you all have a lot to offer to help. Yes. Um and, and to not and to to let that experience empower you to help other people and don't just let it go for nothing you know what i mean i hope that makes sense to you it does yeah and and i really really thank you and i want to tell everybody that's listening i hope you learned something from it i hope you pay closer attention because now i'm sitting here as a father wishing i heard this 20 years ago because there's a lot a lot of my kids probably would have been mad at me because they would a lot of shit they probably wouldn't have been doing because i just feel like now i was just too loose with you know, trusting people. And it's scary. Like, I need to go home and ask my daughter. And it's like, did anybody ever touch you? Mm. Be ready to answer, though. Yeah. Before I I leave, I just want to say, um, pay attention to your children. Pay attention to, they don't have to say nothing, but how they act and how they move. And, And don't mind questioning it. Because it happens more often than we know. That's all I really can say on that one. But um, because I gotta jump off. I thank you. I thank you. Um, man, you really bad. The ball headed truth, like for real. You guys are <laughs> you. You guys broke the mold with this one right here. Thank for real. you. Thanks again, for coming. I, thank you I appreciate all. you guys. Yeah, maybe we, maybe we can do it again and talk about a different avenue of it or yeah. something. But again, I encourage you guys. Please reach out and try to help others because you all your your you are, experience. Yes. I do. It is. Oh, okay. I there see. we go. Thank you All so right, much. I love you guys. Thank you All so right. much, so much, so much. This was this was a, a great conversation. All right. See you guys later. See later. Stay home. Stay home. Right. It's the Dear Black Folks Podcast.